yesterday in chapter 42 pointed us to the reality that Jacob and his brothers 20 years later still were full of grief, which at first you make makes you think maybe just on the outside looking in, how dare them grieve so badly? I mean, this is 20 years. Get over it. Move forward. Whatever it might be. You see it in Jacob as he keeps Benjamin away. You see it in Reuben, who's blaming his brothers for their hard times they have based on selling their brother. And the whole time, they all kept the lie. But, you know, we look at our own lives and we realize, you know what? We have our own grief. And we are we are ones who are always grieving, which is why our Lord tells us that, excuse me, Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians, we are ones who do not grieve without hope. And that is what the story of Joseph is, this true story in history and in the scriptures that we always will have hope through all things. So, so that continues today as the brothers return to Egypt from Genesis 43. So open up your Bibles, put on your Christ goggles for the get ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we welcome back Pastor Lucas Witt of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Baltimore, Maryland. Pastor Witt, happy Pentecost, and welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Thanks. Thanks, Pastor. Good to be back. Good to hear your voice again. Yeah, yeah, good good to hear yours as well. So what's happening for you and the saints at Emmanuel Lutheran and your family? Uh, well, again, I my focus is mostly on uh, the city of Baltimore uh, in my missionary role, so um, oh, right, right. I think I think the uh uh the most exciting thing is we start up a a GED diploma lab um to try and help uh, the many many people who do not get their uh, their diploma here. And um, that's an outreach and a mentoring opportunity. So we've opened that in partnership uh, with a church here. And uh, that's, that's, we've had one person get their diploma. We've had uh, countless conversations uh, about Christ and people's spiritual life as they uh, focus on the diploma. But I guess being in a church kind of makes, sets the stage for, for having a spiritual conversation. So it's, it's amazing how much we've talked about Jesus and uh, the the grace he gives and the life he gives uh, through this this endeavor. So that's that's really the exciting thing to me right now. I'm also excited to have my wife back after the youth gathering because she was Bible <laughs> study leader there, and so it was me and the kids for what about nine days there. Uh, so. That's exciting, too, right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, I was there. Uh, she was our Bible study leader, and we were greatly blessed by by her and uh, Mr. Chad Janetsky when they led the Bible study. So just relay that to her, what a blessing it was to us and those at the youth gathering. Uh, Pastor, anything else Anything else going on for you? Um, the, those are really the highlights today. Otherwise, I mean, it's, it's summer. It's almost autumn. So, you know, it's almost time to be talking about Advent here. Uh, <laughs> and you're talking Very about true. snow in a couple of weeks, you know, a couple of weeks That's it's it. going to be back. So <laughs> it is the way we operate. But we're going to just celebrate today that we can be in God's word. As we study Genesis 43, Pastor, can you begin our time in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Heavenly Father, you give us uh, your word that we may open it up and hear uh, your will, your ways. Uh, your truth for us as we open up your word and continue to continue to walk along with Joseph and brothers and Jacob and the patriarchs, Lord, uh, and Joseph. Uh, Lord, we ask that you open our ears that we may hear your words clearly, 
open our eyes that we may read them with the eyes of Christ focused on us. And open our mouths that uh, we who may be heard on the air uh, may speak clearly and boldly for the sake of Christ Jesus. We pray this all in his name. Amen. Amen. If you have any questions concerning our text in Genesis chapter 43, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or call 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850. Now, Pastor, as we come upon uh, chapter 43, there's always, and especially in the story of Joseph, there's a lot that's happened to this point. How do you want to start us off as we uh, continue in the Joseph story? I wanted to mention, I'm uh, not sure if I've heard it, and honestly, I don't know if I've actually put it together uh, before going through it this time again here, but um, how Joseph seems to be putting together uh, a test, I guess I'll call it, uh, for his brother. Uh, mm. That's what I'm kind of picking up here. You know, um, years ago, <laughs> years ago, they had a test uh, when he was, uh, what, 17 or so, um, and they seem to have. Uh, failed miserably as they they sent him away and did not uh, overcome their uh, their really hatred for him. I think is is the word jealousy at best. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But as as Joseph is going along here, you, know, you see his actions a bit you know willy nilly and uh, and just kind of seeing what would happen. But I I see him kind of recreating this this opportunity uh, this test for for his brothers because right now. Um, what there's there's Simeon there's a brother back in jail there's Simeon he's sitting sitting in Egypt and and they you know they could be saying oh you know we made it back but but he seems to be saying of a situation where, uh, he's going to have Benjamin come back and uh, and really test the brothers and are they are they going to be um, are they going to be content with having another no doubt favored brother uh, from Rachel uh, and they'll just they'll just leave him behind. Uh, because um, they can do that, and they'll go on their merry way and uh, have to hear their dads complaining anymore um, or favoritism. Uh, or, or is it going to look different this time? And so I don't think I've quite heard that yet, but it just just struck me how it seems like he's kind of he's kind of setting up this test for them to say, you know, have you changed or have you not changed? Um, mm. And and uh, that's that's where this all seems to be going. And of course, as it looks like Joseph is pulling strings, you know, the the one who's behind everything is is the Lord, and and we'll find out uh, he's he's changing hearts and minds. Um, and and Joseph has his own challenge as well, <laughs> uh, I would say, um, as we go through today. So, so I think that's uh, that's that's something that that has has piqued my interest, I guess, in this go round. And that's a great reminder for us because really in, in chapter 44 is is where we, you know, even the title says that, that Joseph tests his brothers. But, you know, he's building it up to this point where he's, you know, kind of feeling everything out, seeing where they are now. He, I mean, how could he instantly trust them, first of all? I mean, how would, after what he went through, would he be able to say, okay, we're good, we're good now? Um, at the same time, <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, uh, how, he, he's being pretty gracious. There's moments, I mentioned this yesterday, where you're kind of like, yeah, put those guys in jail for three days. Those guys, you know, they deserve it. And and so you're, I feel just this back and forth, but there's a very intentional testing that he is building up and continuing to do. Pastor, anything else you want to highlight before we start digging in? Yeah, I think the, the other part of that that hasn't struck me before is is the test for Joseph here. Mm. Um, I, I find that uh, 
that he has his own test. And uh, did you ever see um, the movie Black Panther? The, the first mm-hmm. one, the second one, I guess, is about to come out. But um, I don't know. It's it's always intriguing to me when um, uh, the the who ends up being the villain there. I don't. I can't remember if it's it's Killmonger is his name, but um, you know he he's really the, a victim at the start of the movie. His dad is kind of right. taken, abducted, and and killed, and and he's a victim, and yet throughout the the arc of his character, he he becomes very vengeful. Um, and is looking for for justice, but in doing so, looks for revenge and, and becomes you know the, the villain, the bad guy. Um, and so Joseph here, out, let me ask you when you when you hear things about Joseph, I mean, what uh, what kind of, of thoughts or emotions or how, how do you see him as far as a a character? Boy, that's a hard one because that's ultimately, one I know. <laughs> it is, it is. So like you're saying in general, like through thirty seven. Let's through, just start with just, that. Yeah, let's just yeah, start with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, at first, you know, we're always seeing him as as a a Christ figure, but you see him as a victim throughout the well, as a victim the whole time, you know, um, and somebody who's always being held back. And then, yeah, and I'm fighting some health and wealth dynamics that we talk about a lot in America. So I, I, that's what I would say. You see him as a victim, but then throughout, he becomes the one who's <laughs> testing his brothers as well. But then the internal, I don't know. I boy, I don't know. There's a lot that I could say. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts? There, there's a lot. I guess I could also ask. You know, do you see him as a as a you know a hero or a victim, um, oh, or a uh, or a hero or a villain maybe uh, more so? But you know, so Joseph here, I usually you know like he's kind of a guy you just you just cheer for. You know, he's he's been right. righteous and had so much gone wrong. Um, but, but suddenly, you know, and he's been favored by his father, but now also, you know, he's, he's also an unfavored one, right? He's the unfavored one of his brothers who are standing right, right. here before him. Right. And he's been the victim. And now he's in the position kind of like going Black Panther there of, of, of the future villain. I mean, one who, who, uh, you gotta be thinking, you know, what's going on in his heart. There's almost a test for him about, you know, are, how are you going to treat your brothers who have mistreated you? Right. You know, are you going to uh, mistreat them? Are you going to um, confront them openly? Are you going to, to deceive them um, and, and try and you know do some payback in that way? So, uh, so I, so this this challenge in, in Joseph as well. There's a test as well. This you know you're you're the the big you know you're the one in power. You were the victim, um, and 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 Joseph here you know isn't quite. He's he's not ready to confront openly. But but I would see him also here being a bit deceptive as well, and, and uh, what what repentance does he have as well is something that is just kind of rolling in my mind as well. it hasn't struck me before. So if you can follow me there, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, Joseph kind of always used to be the go Joseph guy, and I suddenly see it as as always, you know, he's he's a complex sinner too. <laughs> yeah, and and you put yourself in his position where you hope that we are compassionate and forgiving with people because that's what I hope that I am. And then you see this and you're kind of like, in, in one sense, hoping that he makes his brothers pay. while at the same time, you want him to do the godly thing. And so that's what we pray that we do. And if we're in the situation of Joseph's brothers, which you, I mean, we all can figure out that one brother says, let's do this. And then the other brother says it. And you're like, well, I don't want to get in trouble with my brothers. These guys are the ones that, 
keep me alive, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden you just follow through and all of a sudden you see your brother being taken away by the Ishmaelites. You have instant regret. Reuben's feeling it. Everyone's feeling it. Jacob is grieving. Dad's crying. Dad doesn't want Benjamin to leave. Benjamin doesn't leave the house ever because he's scared that he's going to get hurt. I mean, you're feeling the whole thing. And so you hope and pray that you're compassionate with other people because you realize that they're going through 20 years of this at the same time, you kind of want them to pay. So it's all this back and forth. I think it's very real for us that I don't necessarily see him as a hero. I don't necessarily see him as a victim either because he's kind of acting like me (laughs) if I'm in a similar (laughs) situation. So uh, eventually you see that compassion, but we're not quite there yet to this point either. So I don't know any, any other thoughts you have before we dig in. No, I, I really like how you put it up there, right? You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're hoping just like us that, uh, you know, that the, the new life we have in Christ comes through the new man and, uh, and mm-hmm. compassion comes out. Um, but but there's, there's the struggle. There's the struggle. And so that's one of the challenges for Joseph uh, right now of, of he was treated a certain way when he was you know, the victim. So now that he has the control, um, how does he respond? Well, let's, uh, let's join him on that struggle and pray for the Holy Spirit this morning. So we dig in. Genesis 43, we'll begin in verse 1. We, oh, by the way, we'll be reading from the English Standard Version. We hear the word of God. Now the famine was severe in the land, and when they had eaten the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, Go again, buy us a little food. But Judah said to him, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Israel said, Why did you treat me so badly as you tell the man that you had another brother? They replied, The man questioned us carefully about ourselves and our kindred, saying, Is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? What we told him was an answer to these questions. Could we in any way know that he would say, Bring your brother down? And Judah said to Israel, his father, Send the boy with me, and we will rise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I will be a pledge of his safety. From my hand, you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. If we had not delayed, we would now now have returned twice. So Judah, I mean, Judah takes a very prominent role in this chapter, which is quite fascinating. And he, he's an advocate. He, he's like, we have to do this because of all the dynamics. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you definitely, I mean, you have like, two, two potential leaders. Reuben is one who before what tried to basically take over his, his father's spot and had some uh, unhelpful recommendations. But yeah, Judah here steps up and you, you see the, I guess, the, the future promise maybe taking a, a peek the Messiah, uh, Jesus, comes from Judah, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, and you would think at first that, you know, like he's breaking, breaking the commandment here, right? Like his dad says, go, go get some food, um, and and Judah, he's he's not going against, uh, I would say, authority and breaking that commandment um, because he's, you know, he's appealing to the the higher authority, uh, Joseph, and says, you know, if we're going to go to 
you know, if we're going to go to a king or, or Pharaoh or the, the, really an image, I guess Joseph, you could say, is an image of Pharaoh, um, you know, like you can't just waltz in there. You know, we, we have to we have to say that we're, we're supposed to. You know, he says we won't see him again unless uh, we're going to come with what, what he says, and that's primarily, you know, Benjamin. So, yeah, so you see Joseph stepping up and taking uh, that leadership role of, you know, here we are, uh, uh, needing to go in this way, and then also you see especially a special um, interest and in, in care for Benjamin, right? And it's not it's not something that's that seems kind of crass or flip. Well, you know, you can you can take my kill my sons if I don't take care of them. But he basically says, I'm going to I'm going to take care of your son. You know, that's on me, um, and we will we will do this. And I can't help but think that you know this is a hinting of of uh, the blessing that tribe of Judah has, you know, and getting to bear the Messiah and bring him into the world. That's a good point. He, he is, well, he's trying to be realistic in this whole thing is that, you know, if we go back, we have not kept this end of the bargain. And then there's also that reality that they also had their money in their backpacks, you know, in their sacks. And so it's like, well, do we want to go back, especially with all this money that we, still had and especially without the brother uh dad we can't do that i mean this is just not gonna work and so judah enters here as an advocate which we'll see the next few chapters which like you said his lineage goes back to christ and so it's an interesting addition that we finally are able to see now um how do you say it he kind of gets a little snarky at the end where he's like you know what we want to go Here's where we go. We're going to go, but we have to do this. And by the way, we could have been there a few times already. So, <laughs> but yeah, okay. So there's, there's maybe a little push in the commandment there. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was wondering about, about a little bit of that. But there, there is that, boy, they, they want something to happen here. And they can tell there's something not quite right. So they know they need to go. They don't want to go. How many times do we have that in our lives where, we know we have to go and reconcile. We know we have to go and, and fix something. And the best way to do that is face-to-face. But yet, you don't really want to go face-to-face either because it can be uncomfortable. And you want you have to do it because for them, they needed food. For us, we want to be reconciled, but we don't want to go face-to-face. It's, it becomes very difficult. Pastor, why is it so difficult to do things that we know are good for us? Or that, that here, they knew that they needed to go back, but yet they were dragging their feet. So any thoughts you have for them and for us in our Christian walk? Yeah, I I'm, I mean, obviously, we're, we're very self-interested uh, in our sinful nature, so that keeps us uh, from doing what we should all the time. I remember Dr. <laughs> Dr. Bierman always saying, you know, sin is illogical. <laughs> like, yeah. you have the best thing you could do. It's just illogical saying, no, I'm going to do my way and make it tough. <laughs> but, the, you know, I, I wonder, you know, Judah, I think, kind of expresses the, you know, the, the feeling that we're thinking got to go back to Egypt, right? And they were maybe even waiting for, for Jacob to give permission. And and he was saying, you know, no, like, I'm going to have to give my other favored son, right? So these these sons of Leah, you know, they're, they're still the unfavored ones. You know, it hasn't changed since Joseph. Like they're still Benjamin, so they're they're still the second you know second rate guys. Um, so I can I can almost kind of see that and a little bit of jabbing there. Like there's still these hard feelings, and and Jacob is still kind of you know oh my son I lost my son I love my son you know like hmm. you see 
center and him come out, but it seems like a very a selfish thing. You know, if this comes back to leadership, maybe that's what I'm thinking of with Judah. You know, um, you have Reuben who kind of shows he's not uh, not being a leader. You have Judah who steps up, but you know, Jacob here is you know he's putting his his own um, selfish wants first and saying, you know, we're we're not going to go get food yet because you know I don't want my son, um, and I finally <laughs> I, how I see it is he finally kind of says, you know. All right, now you guys get down there. What are you doing around? What are you doing here? Like, it's time to go get some food. Um, mm. It's like Judah might be saying, like, yeah, we, we've known the entire time we should be, but we couldn't bring, we couldn't bring the, the little, the little pipsqueak that so much. Um, and <laughs> you do at this time, honestly, uh, we can't go without him. So, and I think that's a, this is a, an image of, of you know, us, us approaching God. Actually, makes me think of Leviticus here. Like I said before, you can't just waltz into the king's presence. You know, you bring a tribute, you bring gifts, and so, you know, they put yeah. some of these things together. Obviously, they they're, they're not completely bare like uh, old Mother Hubbard, I think, is one who had almost words, right? But um, you know, pistachios, and they have these these treasures of the land that they're they're going to bring as well, the gum. So, uh, completely starving quite yet. Uh, they're missing their staple. Um, but when you come before you know, royalty, when you come before in, in a special presence of somebody, you know, you, you bring something. Um, and so you can't just waltz in. Uh, they had to bring Benjamin, right? You're not going to see you bring, bring, bring something that shows you're in the right, your heart's in the right place, you know, that you're, hmm. you know who you're talking to. And the same thing that happens, you know, with, with our Heavenly Father in Leviticus, you know, like the whole thing behind the, the sacrifice system, um, is is basically you know if you're going to me, you have to know that you just can't waltz into my presence. You know you need to to bring something uh, that we call sacrifice or an offering to show that your heart's you know in the right place. Um, word there, I'm probably straying there, but you know the word there uh, behind sacrifice is korban. It means to draw near. You know like hmm. this is an opportunity to draw near, draw near to our God, and in the same way, you know to draw near to Joseph, they need to. They need to bring Benjamin um, uh, to be able to, to come near into his presence. So this parallel there, I guess, that the same way mm-hmm. when we approach God, you know, he kind of says, I'm going to give you something that you give to me so you can come into your presence. It's a really beautiful thing. Uh, yeah. It's the same thing here. So, oh, that's, so that's so a long answer to your thought. <laughs> no, it's, it's awesome because you think about this. Is they were not in a position, Jacob or the sons, to be able to go back to go back to Joseph and Pharaoh and say, by the way, you know, you asked for this, well, we're not going to give it to you. You know, you know, we're we're going to do this without the 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 gift that you said that we needed to bring back. And I mean, how does that not relate to faith? Where it's like, if we think we can present ourselves to God the Father without Christ, well, we have another thing coming. But sometimes we live our lives that way, where well, I don't really need Jesus. I can kind of work this out on my own when. Here I gave you the full gift. Why deny the gift when it's right there? And, and he says, I want this in order to be in my presence. And there it is. But yet people will deny it. People don't want it. They don't want that free gift. They don't want that to be there. And they're not. we are not in the position to tell God the Father, by the way, we don't need this Jesus guy. When he's the one who said, you do need him. I did give him to you. So yes, uh, make sure you don't leave him in the dust. And so that's exactly what's happening here. I never thought about those connections before, Pastor. It's a, a great reminder for us that 
of faith. Uh, well, we need Jesus. And that's exactly what this text is telling us once again. Pastor, anything else uh, um, that you want to highlight before we read the next few verses? Well, let's see. So I think we hit Judah pretty well. He'll keep he'll keep going up there. <laughs> that's um, true. So, yeah, what they're going to... They're they're ready to take off here. I think I think we're about ready to take off with them and head back to Egypt. All right, let's do it. Verse verse eleven. Then their father Israel said to them, "If it must be so, <laughs> then do this: take some of the choice fruits of the land in your in your bags, and carry a present down to the man: a little balm, a little honey, gum, myrrh, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Take double the money with you." Carry back with you the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take also your brother and arise and go to the man, again to the man. May God Almighty grant you mercy before the man, and may he send back your other brother and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So Jacob Jacob speaks, and he speaks as a, well, a very loving um, and gracious father who clearly even admits at the end that he is bereaved because this will not be easy uh, at all. So we, we go back to Israel, go back to Jacob and, and him as a father. Your thoughts? Yeah, I can't help but see the the, the bit of jab there. You know, your other, uh, whatever his name is, and Benjamin, <laughs> you know, he's my one. <laughs> Um, true, oh man, man so I, I can't blame Judah, but but yeah, I mean, what can you say except, well, let's see, either Benjamin with the rest of us uh, when we starve, um, or or yes, I'll give up my son, you know, whom I love. Well, I guess you could add that echo in there from from Abraham, and then you mm-hmm. know, God the Father mm-hmm. through Jesus, right? Uh, my very special son to me, and uh, bring him. We have no choice. You know, if I lose him, I lose him. Um, you know, who, who knows what, what more, you know, was or could have been said there, right? I've lost one already. Um, but what choice, what choice do we have? You know, either Mm -hmm. if I lose, if I lose, if we all die, I lose away. So, um, okay, go and, and go back to this man who at this point they're, they're thinking, you know, is probably a bit of a tyrant, uh, uh, Joseph, you know, um, too excited to go back and, and see him after you know having the money and having a brother in prison. But uh, what other choice is there? God has set it up this way, and so they're going to need to go back and Joseph and vice versa. And like you said so well before, you know God's God's hand is over over all of this. That God is ultimately at work, and they're left with so many questions. But yet. Here we go, by the grace of God. But right now, we need to take our break. We are studying Genesis chapter 43 with Pastor Lucas Witt, and we'll be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. 
To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan316. And welcome back. We are studying Genesis 43 with Pastor Lucas Witt of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Baltimore, Maryland, or I should say this, a missionary to the whole city of Baltimore, Maryland. And that's a reminder for us, our listeners, that um, that's a pretty big task. And so pray for Pastor Witt and the people as he continues to witness in that, that well, wonderful city. I mean, I, I still go back to the days of... Uh, driving through Baltimore as a kid and Camden Yards was new and and uh, the Baltimore Ravens had moved there. So I, I just have this, oh, wow, I, I love Baltimore, but I, that's all I have is the sports teams. So t- tell us what's good about Baltimore and, and the joys of serving there. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I love how you, how you went through that. Can I just ask, why were you driving through Baltimore? Uh, we were driving through the, the East Coast when I was a kid, all the way up to New York. And I just remember... We stopped in Baltimore probably because I'm a huge baseball and, and they started the stadium and then the Ravens had came to town and just, I don't know. I'm just a big sports nut. So that's why my parents were willing to to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, I, I feel like most time, in fact, I remember when I was actually sent here um, and uh, I remember this, you know, Lucas Witt, Baltimore, Maryland, there was this, Ooh, you know, goes through, <laughs> goes through the chapel there, but mostly we're like, Oh, Baltimore. And yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a rough place but like all cities there's rough and there's beautiful so uh baltimore yeah i i love how um east coast is a bit faster pace that's for sure but but people here kind of are just real um and straightforward uh the the inner down there by the water is just beautiful um Mm. you can do anything from paddle boating and uh you got museums all over the place here um john hopkins uh (laughs) rules the world here uh and then seafood i mean like crab crab you come here to baltimore you you don't know what's like if, if you're eating crab in, in minnesota and not uh baltimore no offense but <laughs> no when i go back and visit my family in iowa you know i i don't get the seafood there anymore so <laughs> well you you've become uh how do you call it well you did you become a little more uh picky i think that's what my wife calls me when i don't <laughs> eat certain foods or i don't know a snob there you're, you're a seafood snob how about that but, no, I, I wouldn't say I'm there yet, but yeah, but otherwise we have the Lutheran Mission Society. We have Lutheran history here. We have a big statue of Luther in the middle of the city, um, oh. uh, like the one mm-hmm. that's, uh, well, both seminaries, uh, mm-hmm. that, but um, yeah, Lutheran Mission Society, there's Lutheran World Relief, so uh, it's a bit of a cult out here, I'll admit, but but Lutherans, are our, our history and heritage uh, and future is still here, so. I love it. So keep keep praying uh, for that witness in Baltimore. Like you said, there might be a perception of it, not be a place that you necessarily want to enter. But as Pastor Witt and I both served in the North City of St. Louis, the gospel still works, and and the Lord continues to shower His grace upon His people. So, Pastor, I'm ready to keep moving forward. We've gotten through the first 14 verses, and. Um, and it's Jacob who kind of does what we would say in Minnesota. He does a little passive-aggressive thing at the end there that you could take in many different ways, where he says, if I'm bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. And then, okay, and you imagine the sons being like, so, 
so we can go or we can't go or what's 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 the deal here? Um, at least that's how we would interpret it here in Minnesota. But it, it, the good thing about it is it's very real that he's being very real that this is more painful than he can even admit that the the pain that he has gone through of losing a son, that the angst that he is feeling, maybe maybe not being able to provide for his for his boys, you know, in a, a famine time, all these things come together and and he grieves and and we pray that we're able to do that with one another in a family as Christians in our churches and everything. So I, I think there's a lot there when he ends that he begins with God and that's what we always say, but it does not mean that our grief or our bereavement is not still there as well. So pastor, any thoughts on that? Jacob, I think is a very key component to understanding the dynamics to this and the pain that he is obviously going through. So any, any thoughts on Jacob before we move on? No, he's a good reminder. You know, you, you hear as you go through scripture over and over, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you got to think, you know, well, when you're in that legendary position, like, yeah, he must have, you know, been great and had unshakable faith all the time and, um, you know, one of, the, one of the champions, but, yeah, through Scripture here with him. And, and you know, I, I always tell people, you know, when you go through the Bible, like, it's not trying to cover anything up, you know, like, yeah, everything, yeah. everything that you're going through in your life, like, you, you could find, you know, a similar struggle uh, of somebody there is not trying to cover up everything. Life in great is great. Um, outside of Christ. So, yeah, Jacob reminds us of just the, the difficult situation um, that just is prepared there. And, and like you said, he's still, uh, you know, he's he's one of the, the main patriarchs. Um, you can look at him and say, you know, and th- this is somebody who is a, you know, a, a, a rock, a rock of, of, uh, of faith, you know, in our heritage mm-hmm. uh, to Christ. Um, so, you know, for us to look back and say, like, I can't, I can't be doubting, I can't be breathing, I can't even favor my children if I'm honestly sometime, you know, and, and follow Christ properly. Right. Um, well, no, the truth is you can. <laughs> um, you can. You can have everything, even down to having not enough food and still still say, I am one of God's children. And I really appreciate how you said that, because another another biblical figure that we look at often that's, well, like us, is David, you know, David's checkered past and and the ups and downs, the victories and the failures and the the fall from grace and the and the the extreme faith. He's a guy that we often will look to and the Psalms help with that as well as he as he wrote many of those Psalms that the, Jacob is one of those guys too that Jacob he's got a checkered past as well. I mean, it was not a perfect road here whatsoever, but yet he's counted among those of the great patriarchs, not because of their actions, but because of faith. And that's a good reminder for all of us. That's what it comes down to, faith and a redeeming um, uh, Messiah and, and a faithful God who has mercy upon his people. So, yeah, thank you for that reminder because, well, you're going to go through bereavement. And guess what? So did people in the Bible. And guess what? Jesus died for that as well. So I'm ready to move on. Anything else, Pastor? I, I just... Can probably I would say in my experience, if if anybody you know any parishioner out there um, goes up to their pastor and says you know do you do you really think you're worthy of being a pastor you know <laughs> uh, in my experience we're all going to be like no way not a chance you know but no. therefore by the grace of God go I and um, you know day to day but amen amen to that so let's let's keep moving forward I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go a little snippet here to begin with and I just want to kind of set the stage. Verse 15, so the men took this present 
and they took double the money with them and Benjamin. They arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. Now, this is sets the stage just like in a good movie. You've already mentioned Black Panther and other movies, but there's those moments in a movie or a TV show where they build up. You hear this great music in the background, building up music, and then it gets to that point where they stand before. This is a major moment in the story, and everyone knows what is at stake. So, Pastor, let's break that down. They stand before Joseph. They have all these fruits. They have this money. They got Benjamin. What is at stake? when they there stand face-to-face with Joseph. What, build, build that up for us and make a good movie. What, what's at stake here? Wow. Um, that's, a, that's a great break, uh, setup there. <laughs> I mean, Ooh, I'm trying. Oh, I'm I just trying. imagine, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, ma- I imagine them kind of approaching, and, and he's, you know, high up, you know, walking out this this little door, uh, you know, the balcony, and, and he sees them walking, and then the camera kind of comes up to him, you know, and he's observing them walking in, and, and, uh, you know, soon he'll, well, I'm jumping ahead. He'll say something to a servant, but, and they're walking up there thinking, you know, what, what chance for this guy? Let's, you know, let you know, we've been here before. Um, boy, he was hard on us last time. You know, he said we were spies. Um, yeah. how are we going to explain this money that, that somehow ended up in our packs? Uh, uh, you know, Simeon's locked up inside, like, and and you know, but at least <laughs> at least we have Benjamin. So it, right, right. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's what we can lean on is we have Benjamin. But um, they're uh, they're coming in probably knee shaking, and and for them they're going to be shaking here in a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh! And you just imagine, and this is good for our listeners is to sometimes stop and visualize the actual situation because i am visualizing this almost you almost spot on to what i was thinking too but you also think of there's simeon like in the background behind the jail or something you know you can just imagine that situation and there's benjamin and internally you hear the voice of joseph going oh my gosh is benjamin oh my gosh i can't believe they actually did what i asked them to do oh my goodness and they're thinking in their minds we have all this money. Is he going to throw us in jail because we have money? That's why we have double. But even then, he didn't seem too merciful before. Why would you think he's merciful now? And the whole time, he is holding his mercy back because he doesn't want to look weak. And the whole thing goes back and forth. And the kind of setup that we have brings us back to our interactions with somebody where there is need for reconciliation or you just don't know where the other person's at. And you wish you could, that's about the only time, that you wish you could kind of hear what the other person's thinking, because the reality is both of them are wanting to be, quote, united, but yet they both are so fearful of so many other things. I mean, this this is where Genesis is just so real. So here it is. It's all set up. You got the visual. Let's read on. Let's keep reading on. Verse 16. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Bring the men into the house and slaughter an animal and make ready for the men are to dine with me at noon. The man did as Joseph told him and brought the men to Joseph's house. And the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said, it is because of the money, which was replaced in our sacks for the first time that we are brought in so that he may assault us and fall upon us to make us servants and seize our donkeys. So they went up to the steward of Joseph's house and spoke with him at the door of the house and said, Oh, my Lord, 
we came down the first time to buy food. And when we came to the lodging place, we opened our sacks and there was each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Our money is full weight. So we have brought it again with us. And we have brought other money down with us to buy food. We do not know who put money in our sacks. And he replied, peace to you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has put treasure in your sacks for you. I received your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. And when the man has brought the men to, Ju- to men, brought the men into Joseph's house and given them water, they had washed their feet. And when they given their donkeys fodder, they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon. And they heard that they should eat bread there. Oh, man, the what they thought, what reality was, vastly different. Pastor, break this part down. I love it. Yeah, this, when you were talking, I was suddenly thinking of, you know, going back to Joseph, and uh, I, I'll, I'll see if I can put this together. I haven't thought of it before, but, you know, if you go with the Grinch, what, the Grinch who stole Christmas, his heart grows like, what, three sizes or something like that? Mm-hmm, right, so, yeah. As, as, as Joseph is <laughs> there, good. I just keep thinking, like, they're they're shaking their boots, and as he sees, you mentioned seeing, you know, Benjamin from afar, like, I feel like, boop, his heart, like, one state. <laughs> um, wow. As he brings yeah. him in here. It's going to get harder for him here too. So, yeah. So what? At this, point, they're 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 coming up and they're talking um, not to Joseph, his servants, the steward, uh, the steward of the of Joseph's house, right? And first thing uh, we hear them say is what? Uh, you know, we we came to buy food and and you know we we tried to pay our money. We did. Um, yet here, right? And and just <laughs> like. Oh, strike one, strike two. Um, mm-hmm. You know what do we do mm-hmm. here? But uh, you know, but we're 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 confessing right now, right? Uh, here, here's confession. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, the steward hears this, and and you know whether he talked with Joseph or I'm sure he must have been in the background. But you know, the response. Right, well, it's not the first time they'll hear this, but must be caught off guard a bit, right? The first word there is peace, like right. peace to you. Don't be afraid. Um, it was God. <laughs> it was your God, the God of your fathers, who put the treasure in your sacks. You know, we have our money. He's taking care of you. Um, there's no problem there. Uh, then he brings Simeon out, right? So here's here's another character who's in the background, um, but one of the main what one of the main five roles, I guess, if you're putting us into a movie or play right now, uh, in this scene, right? Simeon's brought out. He rejoins the. That's a promising sign. You get you get peace. You're not being declared criminals or spies. Simeon rejoins you. Uh, Beth, Benjamin's still with you at this point. Um, and then they're they're brought in and and they're given t- hospitality. Right? This is this is the the good Samaritan type hospitality. Um, you're going into Joseph's own house, which again would would seem cool at first, but then then scary because why are we being brought in here? Gives them water, they wash their feet. Uh, above and beyond that, you know, not just not just the brothers, but you know, he's giving fodder to the donkeys, taking care of the animals. Like they they would have been fine, but I mean, he is just he is just lavishing on on them like extravagant care and hospitality. Um, and I want to say he's he's you know he's trying to disarm them uh, mm-hmm. as they're going in, and they're still shaking in their boots and probably still thinking. You know, this is not what we were expecting. Um, we were just happy to, to not be thrown to jail. 
uh, here they are, and, and he's just he's just kind of softening in and making them softening their hearts, I guess, maybe is the way we'd we'd want to put it uh, to prepare to um, uh, to dine with him. Um, I can't help but also thinking uh, when I said the God and your God of your father, you know, is taking care of you. I can't help but think in the back of their mind they still have that guilt of saying like, you know. Every time they they're thinking of the blessing of God, they're thinking, but we we you know we we basically murdered our brother, right? Like not right. dead, but we cast him off. Like that that is murder at least, you know, casting away from your family, disowning. Um, so so I almost think they gotta be skeptical anytime they hear favor from God at this point too. Uh, but yet Joseph is doing everything he possibly can to basically let them let them receive, uh, receive some, some relief, um, as his heart grows. What's amazing to me, like you said, he's definitely, he's laying out the the hospitality, the generosity, the generosity he knows that the Lord has had upon him and therefore he wants to extend it to them. And, and just a few realities is, you know, speaking of seafood is like, it's like if you are thinking that you're going to go into a jail with nothing but a few crumbs of bread and a little water, but you end up at Red Lobster with those wonderful biscuits before you even get the seafood, you know, mm-hmm. um, that that here they're getting all this. And the whole time, not about you, Pastor, but it'd be like, well, why would they be doing this? What what what's your what's the catch? You know, if I eat this, do I need a do I need a chief baker that's or a chief cupbearer who's going to eat this beforehand? Because what's in this bread, you know, I and mean, the whole time has to be full of skepticism. So everyone's very quietly going through this, even though these beautiful words are said, which once again I think points us to Christ in twenty three that you mentioned. Peace be with you. Peace to you. Do not be afraid. And what does Jesus say to his disciples? after the resurrection. Peace be with you. So right there, we're reminded of of the Lord and what he brings to these situations, which is his peace. Pastor, any other thoughts? There's there's a lot here. This is a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, there is. No, I appreciate your hope helping me balance that dynamic of kind of, you know, in the movie here, I'm I'm a visual person. Like everything look like Dr. Seuss in my head. So, you know, but kind of the dynamic of, of contrast Joseph is at, you know, and where uh, where the brothers are at, and Joseph is getting, and the brothers are are uh, probably hard with fear um, right now. Is just just so so much fun. Uh, oh, no, I think is. I think we're uh, I think we're about ready to uh, to to talk to Joseph. Let's do it. Let's hear the rest. Verse twenty six. When Joseph came home, they brought into the house. They brought into the house to him the present that they had with them and bowed down to him to the ground. And he inquired about their welfare and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And they said, Your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and prostrated themselves. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. Joseph hurried out, for his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep, and he entered his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out, and controlling himself, he said, Serve the food. They served him by himself, and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with them by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians." And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. 
and the men looked at another in amazement. Portions were taken to them from Joseph's table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs, and they drank and were merry with him. So we see, how do I say, we see, we see generous Joseph, we see compassionate Joseph, we see bereaved Joseph, and maybe joyful Joseph. I, there's so much that we see in this, in this text, like you said prior, that, that they are definitely not holding back the real world in this story whatsoever. Your first thoughts. Yeah, he's got, he's got to be just off the charts, emotional roller coaster inside right now. Um, Cause like you said, there's, there's so many positive ones and, and yet no, you know, how, what, how things go in the next chapter, he, he's still got a few strings to pull um, in all. That's and, and isn't, you know, he's not, he's, he's at this moment, he's not going to say, I'm Joseph. Like, you know, it doesn't look like me. I'm, you know, I, I walk like an Egyptian, you know, Ayo, Ayo. sorry, that's like an 80s <laughs> song, I think. Um, it is. Right. But, but, you know, here, here I am, like, that's not happening, happening yet here. He's still got some, some, uh, some strings to pull in the background. So he has that struggle there too, or as I take it, kind of a, a final test, but, um, but yeah, it's, this is, this, I feel like this is what happens when, you know, you kind of see God's will revealed in your life after like five years or, or months, and, and there's all these little details, and you're just not, not seeing it and putting it together. Um, it's just you can't, you can't see it, and then see, um, well, I'm doing this backwards. You look at the, the things here in the text, and you just think, how did these guys not, not even you know, ponder like, huh, this is, this, this is quite interesting. Like, this guy's mm-hmm. asking about our father and the brother. And insisting to see him, and and giving out food, and it's in the order of our of our age, and um, you know you just got to be thinking like guys wake up, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what happens when suddenly you see what you've done and putting on together all these positive and negative experiences or or pieces in our life, and and suddenly years later you're thinking like oh, you know I didn't see it, but but now I see it, you know, like it's so clear. Um, mm-hmm. I saw some. Just I want to scream at them and say like, "Don't you see it?" And uh, and and they don't. But it's it's amazing all the pieces that are coming together here. And there's there's a reality that we're able to see Joseph basically finally really grieve and really react to the situation that he's in because we hear of him, you know, being taken away. We hear of him. Mm-hmm kind of getting slighted by Potiphar's wife. We hear of him not getting, you know, the place uh, of, of honor from the, from the, the, the cup error. We hear of all those things, but we don't really hear a lot of his emotions. And here we see him full out that he, that he has compassion. He has to leave the room because he, for whatever reason, cannot show those emotions publicly, which, I mean, we can understand that even in our own culture, it's good to have emotions, but there's, there's times and places where you say, nope, you can't do that here, and he couldn't. And he comes out, controls himself, and you can just imagine these words, serve the food, and boom, everyone starts making all this food, and they start going. But internally, he is wanting to embrace his brothers. He wants to go hand with Benjamin. He wants to call them out. And when you go through these next few chapters, just find it interesting for you, our listeners, as you go through Genesis, it is like there's a real good moment of why he does it when he does it. But for whatever reason, right now was not the right time. 
but the skepticism had to still be high. They had to wonder why all this was happening. And, and it was all in God's time, which I don't, I don't necessarily like that. And pastor, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this, that all this comes together at the time that God had given them, but I can guarantee it was not in Joseph's time. It was not in the brother's time or Jacob's time. And that's hard for us as Christians, With about three minutes left in our time, pastor. Why is it important for us to wait on God's time, not our own? And why is that so hard? Well, God has an order to his world that's very clear in Genesis 1, and uh, none of the pieces are, are random, um, but he's, he's, he's got this amazing symphony going, sym- symphony going uh, that, that we can't comprehend. So, so, yeah, when it looks like we're pulling the strings or Joseph is pulling the strings, and, and you know, we, we make decisions, right? But um, ultimately, you know, God has a plan that, that cannot be thwarted and cannot be stopped, and uh, it, it will keep going forward, and you know, I guess I'll reference like Norman said, you know, the reason sin is a lot because, you know, God has his way um, and, you, and you can't fight it. It's going to it's going to happen his way. His plan is going to come true. Uh, and that's what he promises. So as you look at the end, how do you say it? You think at the end of this chapter that everything is just going to kind of just be this wonderful party. You know, it ends with and they drank and were merry with him. But then there's that moment where that you can guarantee at the table, they're like, wait a second, I have this portion, which is more than enough, but why does my brother have five times the portion? <laughs> so yep. you have this like feeling of, oh, jealousy is going to keep going, Pastor, and your last, your last thoughts, I mean, two minutes left in our time. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we have to touch on that because that's our, that's our cliffhanger when you get to the end of our, our chapter here, but, and, and this is this is why I, I got to go back to, you know, Joe, you know, he's, he's, here's, this is part of his test, you know, and I, I'm not sure, I, I got to think this wasn't a surprise when they showed up like, about his dreams and like, okay, I, you know, my brothers, I'm going to see them before me someday. That's, that's how I take it. But it doesn't say for sure, but yeah, I got to feel like they're setting, there's, he's setting it up for a look. Here's the favored brother. Look, he's been favored by your father, man. Now he's favored here by Pharaoh and his, you know, his first servant, like this, this kid, you know, he's, I think he's trying, they're, he's trying to test this. This is setting up testing that jealousy. Um, and, uh, and and making that push for that final test of uh, are they are they going to do the same thing to him that they did to me um, out of jealousy or uh, or has something changed? Pastor, with a minute left in our time, how would you summarize this wonderful chapter and uh, encourage our listeners in Christ? Oh, I mean, when it's strung together in a story, um, but I I I just got to keep going back to you know we can we can go and do Joseph's decision this decision. Um, and, and, and there's the details there, but ultimately this, you know, this is, this is referring to a story of, of reconciliation, uh, of God's plan for his people, um, and for what he has in store in Egypt, uh, and, and to the promised land and, uh, into eternity. Pastor Lucas Witt of, well, missionary to the whole city of Baltimore, Maryland, giving us God's strong word from Genesis chapter 43. Pastor Witt, thank you for bringing us his gifts. My, my pleasure, Pastor. Good to hear from you again. God bless you. You as well. I'm your host, Pastor Brady Finnern, District President of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. It's a joy to be with you today. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.